Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Nursing Hanover podcast with your favourite girls. You've got me, Jerry, and a lovely Diane with me today. And how are you doing, pretty miss? I am good. I am good. I cannot complain. Knee deep in work, but we are smiling and we are grinding. Of course. How, how of course. are you? Girl, I feel the same way. I've been given my my first school list and I can't lie, I'm a bit like all over the place. But you know, throw me in at the deep end, I'll find my feet and I'll be able to, I'll start swimming. Girl, that's what it is. You just have to get on with it. Mm-hmm. Stick your head down and do what you do best. That's for it. For sure, for sure. But boy, oh boy, do we not have a do we? No, let me rephrase that. Sorry, guys. We have a great episode in store for you. So, where do I begin? It, as you've all, honestly, as you've all probably seen, it's been a big influx in the news we're saying that you know the covid test is pretty much nearly n- nearly ready and will be here next week but um they've been discussing that all community well not just community community workers all key workers should be tested for coronavirus every two weeks and me and diane have spoken about this ourselves and i've spoken about it with others and there's a there's big discrepancies with what how people feel about it and obviously this is this is down to everyone's own interpretation and what they'd like to do i just i don't want to say i don't see the point in testing staff but i think eventually we will catch it the way it's going god forbid no as in like i'm not catching nothing mate no no hear me out as in if it's like the flu Mm-hmm. or whatever the flu or a cold we're going to get something i just don't see why why i'd want to test if i can if i can basically say like i don't have certain symptoms like as right. for example like nhs workers we have been and we, for example us we worked through the first wave not like yeah. the first wave's over, but we worked through the first wave. Yes, symptoms have changed, and yes, there's guidelines X, Y, Z. However, if you just have a cold, you just have a cold. I'm go- it's going to be, for example, like a tw- 24-hour turnaround. I stay home, I sweat it out, you know, I'm back out. I just, personally for me, I I don't want to be tested if I don't have symptoms. I don't see the point in testing myself every two weeks for everyone else mm. maybe i sound selfish to some but i i just don't see the point if i haven't got if i haven't got symptoms why would i waste a test on me when those are so valuable now they've become you know so widespread but from all we know and all we've seen in the past why would i do so do you get where i'm coming from yeah i do i mean i got into a bit of a debate with some nurses on a forum on Facebook and it got quite heated and I was called irresponsible. I was called selfish. I was called stupid really? because I said I didn't want to be tested weekly. Um, like I said, and we, like we've always said, we can never disclose the trusts that we work for. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know me, you know the trust I work for, but generally to everybody else, I can't ever disclose that. Um, our trust are rolling out this 
um, asymptomatic testing and they actually joined the study voluntarily. Mm-hmm. And it is for staff to be tested twice a week, every week for at least three months. Twice a week? I thought it was like every twice two weeks. Week. Twice a week. Why would anyone subject themselves to this? So the plan is, is you collect your test kit. I think you get about six weeks worth. And it's like a pregnancy test and you swab yourself and you dip it into this kind of solution and then you dot the solution on to the, the test kit itself and it kind of comes up like a pregnancy test, negative, positive or inconclusive. Um, apparently, if you then test positive, you're then supposed to call this number and somebody will come and swab you. So what's the I point? Think at home, so we'll swab you again. And then you're then, I think, I think you're then supposed to wait for the swab to return. So I think you then have to stay at home. And then if it's positive, you isolate. And if it's negative, you keep coming to work. And now, again, so that's every, every week for two, every week, twice a week. Now, my, my rationale behind the testing is if you are sick, you should be tested. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know what's wrong with you. Yeah. If you are not sick, why are you being tested? Yeah. Um, my, my, I liken it to, to sitting at home and just walking into A&E and saying, can you just check me because I've turned up? Just check me anyway. Versus I'm sick. I don't feel well. I've gone to the doctor. I'm still not feeling well. It's the middle of the night. I'm going to A&E. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way I liken it to. Um, I personally do not want to be tested every week. Yeah. I don't think I need it unless I am physically unwell then yes, I should have a test. If, and again, if my symptoms are likened to the official COVID-19 symptoms, because again, the symptoms change all the time. Mm-hmm. They're always adding something extra onto it. Oh, it's this diarrhea this week. Now it's this loss of smell this week. Now it's a metallic taste in your mouth next week. So even then, the symptom management, how can you manage symptoms that you don't even know if they're actually for that virus or not? Exactly. Um, like Gigi said, the fact that these tests are supposed to be very expensive. Why would I want to waste a test? And at the same time, are you not going to induce anxiety? Because if you're testing yourself twice a week, every single week, are you not going to be anxious? My, my thinking is, if I was negative week one, week two, week three, but then week four, I'm positive, I'm going to worry that between week three and four, I've been positive. Yeah. And I've been walking around, talking to people, mixing with people, seeing clients. And don't get me wrong, like, I know there's some people out there that are, that are asymptomatic, asymptomatic, however, are positive, but you, they would never know unless they test. I just don't see the point in, in us as, like, front-facing staff or key workers, should I say, having to test yourself twice a week. Testing myself, one, am I even doing it properly? Right. All, the, all, the, all the pictures and videos with scenes or swabs and how far back they have to go, you think I'm going to induce that on myself? Exactly. No. So, I don't get me wrong, there are probably people that can do it to themselves and, you know, they're fine. I can't physically sit there and put a swab up my nose that far or that far back in my throat. I just, to me, it looks like I'm inflicting self-pain and that's not for me. So how accurate are these tests? So I'm now going to do this myself and then I will let someone else then come and re-swap me. What's the point? 
it again just seems like a waste of kit and money i i just don't think it's a viable option i think it's going to cause a lot of problems yeah in a sense of quality control false positives how are you going to be sure that someone's done it correctly mm-hmm. um what if what if somebody starts testing more often than two twice a week because they're worried about it like it's it's i just don't think it's a good plan and also when do you stop testing people hold on again agreeing with you diane alongside testing myself am i testing other people in my household no just you so what's the point just you only you test yourself and that was made very clear to us that you have to make sure only you test yourself don't leave it lying around for other family members to test themselves either but what do you think is going to happen i can't lie if i was to not necessarily like my family but i can imagine if i was to have these tests and for example i left it on the dining table other people would be curious and also want to test which again defeats the whole point and wastes more products because you know we spent so much during this first i don't want to call it first wave because it really truly is it hasn't ended no exactly we spent so much money this first wave inverted commas but yet we've got money to waste on these kits right yeah you know we can't you can't increase the wages of nurses and other healthcare staff it's, it's, it's one of those things, I'll look forward to how they evaluate how this, this pandemic was managed. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things you look at and you just think, this doesn't sound right, or this sounds like a waste of money, or this mm-hmm. is not conducive. At all. And my, my issue going forward would be, if you're going to be testing people who have no symptoms, then you need to start testing people for flu then. Create a test for flu. Then we need to check for it's flu true. as well. Because then we need to know that if somebody could have influenza, but is asymptomatic, then they shouldn't be coming into work either because that they can give it to someone else as well. And also the flu this year alone has still killed more than coronavirus has. <clears throat> so there you go. Test, test for flu as well. And they need to test for any kind of, of respiratory... They do test for what depends on what, for example, if you've been admitted, depending on what what you've been admitted for. But those tests, like Diane's saying, those tests should be allowed to all just like how how coronavirus is. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? Because the the rationale is going to be crazy. Same way we have issues with masks and stuff and people's take on masks. The rationale is not clear. People are confused. But then people don't listen to the direction. Mm-hmm. You know, we need clarity. You're testing me. What are you trying to achieve when you test me? How long will it take? Why is it taking so long? And how long am I going to continue testing myself for? Forever? Yes. So we, we were told as a trust that you cannot stop and start testing. So you can't start testing week one, week two, week three, week four, week five. Then week six and week seven, you're like, oh, I'm not really interested. Let's start again in week eight. You need to be consistent. That I understand because clearly they want it for audit purposes. But these are people's lives. Yeah. It's not like a, this is going to sound so cliche, but it's not like a hand washing audit or another infection control audit. No. These are legit people's lives. Right. So. I just don't think it's fair. 
Mm-mm. because I had a I had a chat with my manager and she also said quite similar to what Diane's saying that however I don't think ours is is a pilot we were told that you know this was definitely going to come into force however people have really kicked up a fuss about the flu jab let mm. alone having to have swabs done every week every week or so yeah and I can tell you now I won't be taking the test if I don't have symptoms so I just don't see the point that test could be used for someone else who actually has symptoms. Yeah, and I, I don't want to induce anxiety myself. Part of being a healthcare professional or a, a human being is safeguarding your mental health and your emotional well-being. If I now swab myself and, I, and I'm positive, but I've had no symptoms, I'm now going to worry that I've infected people that I care about. I'm mm-hmm. going to worry that I've had contact with clients. No. And then who's going to, I'm now going to have to go back and tell them, Hey, I'm really sorry. You need to now isolate, or you need to get you've been exposed because I've now tested positive. That's not yeah. fair. It's not fair, and that that responsibility mm. is a big burden to carry. And I kind of feel like it's hard enough having to deliver and give care in this environment that we're in to yeah. then have to then be feeling like, oh my god, I I am asymptomatic. So my issue is, is when you become negative what what happened i don't understand like i don't get it so you you're symptomatic you're positive then then you become negative and then what happens and then you develop antibodies but my thing is how quickly can this pass because from my own experience with people that have had the virus they get told that they're going to take like nearly nine months to fully recover back to normal health at least so how can I go from zero to a hundred back to zero in a, in a matter of two weeks? Something just isn't sitting well with me. I don't know. No. It's just not sitting right with me. So I'm just like, Hmm. Hmm. No. So I, yeah, I mean, I feel like if somebody understands, please, please. I, I, we want to know. Yeah. Because I've, maybe we're missing something. Not that I think we are, but maybe we're missing something and you know, I'm open to other ideas. I'm open to hearing other ways because it just doesn't make sense to me and I don't see why I should inflict such pain on myself that's the thing it's not making sense I mean I want it to make sense because I love my job yeah and I know the responsibility that I have is to is to be a role model and to make sure you're educating people and supporting them in the best way but if I don't even know what I'm doing then I'm not be able I'm not being able to give the care that I want to give exactly so why would so, we put that on ourselves? Yeah. So speaking <laughs> of speaking of us being tested, it comes down to the vaccine. Dun, 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 dun. So, as was announced a few weeks back, when this vaccine does come out and is ready to go, the over eighties and healthcare professionals will be first in line. And we did talk about this in last week's episode. Yeah. Um. Now. The question, I guess, is, is, are you taking it? I can tell you, girl, no. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you, why Why would you not take it? Because one, I think I also expressed this last week, I just don't think, like, vaccinations take a while to be created and manufactured and made. We've had this quick turnaround. Also, looking, looking at all that we've been this year, this is definitely 
down to like my own feelings about it look at all that we've been through this year you said you know the BAME community this is affecting the BAME community the most xyz I just don't feel like we've got a true reflection of this vaccine like I'm and I'll put hand on heart put my hand up and say I can't lie I'm waiting for people you know when people made jokes about once they set us free from lockdown I'll let the first people go out there smell the air if it's okay then I'll step out can't lie Mm. that's me maybe later on in a few years I might take it not yet I just don't think it's gone through enough for me to warrant it um Mm. and god forbid if I get coronavirus then I get it but I won't be taking that vaccine Mm. even like I share the same the same views on the flu vaccine um you can call me selfish stupid or whatever for not wanting to do it I just don't see why I would put that in myself like I have to try I have to believe in this vaccine to want to take it and I don't believe in it yeah and don't get me wrong like I'm not gonna say here sit here and be like I'm not someone that takes any vaccines I do take vaccines but this one there's something that doesn't sit well with me so if people want to go and take it and let me know the outcomes from taking it then so be it but for now I won't be taking it what about yes. you see for me and i think i realized my actual question was going to be if it's, should it be should it be mandatory um worry, i would well, we say to that next <laughs> i would yeah like like we said that like, we did discuss it in our last episode and it is the hot topic hence why it's come up again in this week's episode because it's what we're all talking about um i do feel it's kind of being marketed as a way to your freedom as yeah. in if you take it, you'll be free. If you take it, you can do whatever you want. If you take it, you have your life back. Will we? Which does worry me because I feel like you're playing God with my life a bit. Yeah. Um, you're, you're basically enticing me to take something with the promise that I'm going to be fine, but you can never assure me that I will be. Exactly. That's the first thing. And agreeing with you, before, my thing is, just like the flu vaccine, there's been, there's been times I've taken a flu vaccine and ended up with the flu and it has been horrific. Yeah, coronavirus is also a flu so if i take this vaccine is it a live vaccine is it not am i going to get symptoms after i take it why why would i put again why would i put myself there yeah sorry carry on yeah that's the thing um i know that again relating back to my own trust their rationale and what they are saying is you need to have had the flu black vaccine before you can have the covid vaccine (laughs) so why again already i'm ruled out there because i don't take the flu vaccine and i and i have never taken the flu vaccine primarily because there's there's something in it i'm allergic to which is why i don't take it um but again that to me you the way you're the way the way they are portraying it is it's like it's if you don't comply you're a deviant Um, you're not protecting people's health you're not promoting good practice you're you're being a conspiracy theorist you're being negative but i believe it should be my right to decide i don't want to i personally think the government should create public friendly information about Mm -hmm. the vaccine so people can understand it because again i spend a lot of time reading and watching how people respond 
And a lot of people say, no, we can't interpret scientific research. We can't interpret journal articles. And they're right, because it's bloody hard. Trust me, it is hard. So I feel like for the government, if they want to get people on board and they want people to have the vaccine, people Mm -hmm. need, need, people need transparency. Yeah. You need to know what's in the vaccine. You need to know how it was made. You need to know the effects. You need to know about actually taking it. What are people looking for in terms of side effects? If things go wrong, what is the plan? How are you going to treat these people? Mm -hmm. Do you have the capacity to treat them? Because don't forget, the whole of the nation is not in hospital. No. But if all of the nation is taking this vaccine and the side effects are fatal or are life-changing, then you've got a lot of people going into hospital. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be another strain on the NHS again. And it'll be even worse because they'll be getting it first. So if the NHS workers are down, if the, your workforce is down and the people that they serve are also down, what you're in a, a state of national emergency. So I don't know. And, and another thing, another thing that always tickles my brain is the fact that the minute this virus was announced, Boris was like, yeah, we're working on a vaccine, we're working on a vaccine. How quickly were you starting working on a vaccine? And where were you before? Because that's not like when this first, because it's coronavirus now has been around for a year. When this was first happening in China, when we all thought this was not going to happen to us, it was not going to come here. Where are you now getting samples to create a vaccine for something that hasn't even hit UK soil? Maybe I sound stupid, but you were quick to jump on it and say, we're creating a vaccine, we're creating a vaccine, we're creating a vaccine, like Dan said. But where are you getting these samples from? Yeah, if people don't have it yet, you didn't have it yet. No. Do you get where I'm coming from? Like it's just so strange. It it's it yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't correlate. So to me, we need a lot more transparency. We need a lot more clarity. We need some honesty, which I can't lie. Honesty from this government. Hmm. I'm asking for. I'm asking for a lot. <laughs> for a lot. But. Uh, like I said, my stance on it, no. I would prefer not to take it. Fair. Well, I'm with you there. Yeah. I just... Yeah, but but my, my, my question, now leading on from that, is should the COVID-19 vaccination be made mandatory for all healthcare professionals? Okay. I can't lie. When it comes to this, it's just going to sound like I'm contradicting myself because it's a bit of 50 let me not lie, more like 80, 80, 20. That's, you know, mm. that's a lie. 99% to one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I don't know about other professions. And like I said to Diane, I think this is not, I don't, I'm not just talking about health, uh, healthcare workers. I'm talking about key workers in general, people that have remained front facing throughout the whole time. If it's mad, if it's mandatory, you can I don't think you can ever definitely say it's mandatory or implement it as mandatory because people still have their rights and people can always refuse to not take it. I don't think you should be out there penalizing people for not wanting to have something. Because mm. if you're doing that, you're taking their rights away. But my concern is this government can go that far. And that's my worry. 
is I feel like the narrative that is slowly seeping into healthcare mm. is you're irresponsible if you don't take it and you need to actively promote it or actively encourage based on evidence yeah because this came up again in one of my lectures and when I I brought it up I, I was specifically told you know it's not a personal opinion you need to you need to be advising people based off of evidence but me Diane as a person cannot promote and recommend something that I cannot take because to me I am breaking the duty to myself let alone to the NMC or to the government or to public health to me I'm breaking it you know alongside what you're saying one of the stances of being a nurse is to be an advocate for your patients your clientele and everyone else how can we be an advocate on things that we don't believe in Mm. that's it and I, that's really all I have to say in it because, like, if I don't believe in it, how how dare I go and tell someone else you must you must now do this for your mum, your dad, your uncle, your auntie, your kids, yeah, your nieces and nephews? How can I? Exactly. That's not fair. So, with what you're saying, I can't lie. I I won't be promoting it. There's many things yeah. I do promote. And, you know, if they want to take me to the NNC or whoever for not wanting a vaccine, then so be it. But right now, how can I promote something? We always get taught, you know, to go with your gut instinct. If my gut instinct is telling me don't take it, why am I now going to be an advocate for it? Promoting yeah. it left, right and centre, saying, yeah, everyone come and get your COVID-19 vaccine. Whereas I haven't taken it. I don't know what the outcomes are. Yeah. Why and I, I should be I, I should be allowed to have that opinion. Yeah. Professional professional or personal opinion or whatever you want to call it. I'm sorry. You do what you believe in, regardless. Mm-hmm. As much as people want to say that, you know, they're not biased towards certain things, you do what you believe in. You fight for what you believe in. I'm not gonna fight for something I don't believe in because what's the point? Yeah. Like I Definitely. do my job, like you were talking about. Pres- you were talking about transparency. I do my job, and I'm transparent with my clients, my clients, and you know my patients and whoever. If I'm, I'm even like down to your friends and family, how can you be an advocate to your friends and family telling them to take this vaccine when you haven't taken it yourself? Exactly. So I I personally believe that, as well as professional judgment personal judgment will come into this debate a lot yeah um i think amongst all health professionals you will find a wealth of different opinions mm-hmm. and people that have personally been impacted by covid who feel strongly those that you know are, are very much yes 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 and those that are hesitant and that's okay and i think that's what's very important to mention on this platform is that it's okay to not think like everybody else yeah it's, it's okay, okay to be an to individual um, same way, it's okay if you believe in the in the vaccine and you want to take it. That's also fine. We're I not going to come like, and shoot you about it. Yeah, I just think people, people should be allowed to to express themselves without yeah. worrying that. Exactly, gosh, I'm, I'm going against the narrative. Therefore, I must not care. Exactly, and I agree with Diane. Like at the end of the day, we have to protect ourselves, and who knows better for you than you. Mm-hmm.
you can have all the facts and figures at the end of the day you you as that person are going to make that choice whether you want whether you believe in it or not that's fine i'm not here to come and fight anyone about it i'm not here to squash anyone or prove to anyone why they shouldn't take it if you don't want to take it that's your own choice if you do want to take it that's your own choice yeah i just think it's personally for me it's too soon it's very quick very very maybe in a few years time when corona well let me not you know i'm not going to say what i was going to say maybe in a few years time when the vaccine becomes more readily available yeah i'll think about taking it but today in 2020 no i'm good i am very 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 good me too girl (laughs) and as you can see this is such a passionate topic because i think there's so many people who have had the conversation with us personally and I just feel like it always ends up in a heated debate. However, I'm not here to come fight your battles. If that's if that's the way you want to go, then so be it. If this is the way I want to go, then so be it. I think people just need to learn that they have to agree to disagree. Yeah. And we're going to be fighting in the same corner. We may have the same reason. We may have the same end goal and the same reason. But to get there, there are many different paths. Yeah. And people would choose what they want to do. So there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Literally. It's, 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 a, it's a choice and everybody's health is their personal business. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people should just res- people have to respect people's opinion and people's decisions. And if somebody gets it, great for them. Yeah. If someone doesn't want to get it, also great for them. Because I think that's where people... I find it difficult because they feel like they have to implement their own views. Yes. On you. Yeah. It's implement yeah. the word. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Is that That's I know what you're word, saying. They, they they believe that because I want it, you, you should must, want it as well. And if you don't want it, you are wrong. Whereas yeah, like, sorry, like honey, the opinion must no. be shared, and it's not. No. You know, it's this, it's the same way with a flu vaccine. Half the population don't get them. They don't. Yeah. They don't. And no one says anything to them. Yeah, and they don't. And the flu was a pandemic when it started. It was. Look, influenza was a pandemic. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> deep, deep topic. Very deep topic. And again, if people have more to say on it, please, me and Diane would love to be, would love to listen to what you guys have to say about it and any information that you'd like to share with us. 100%. Let me take it from there. Look, again following on with this Rishi Sunak has basically come out to say that the healthcare are going to get some sort of pay rise next year mm-hmm. I'll just leave it there <laughs> only because <laughs> one we don't know how much it's going to be and to be honest I don't have any hope for it it's probably going to be another like 1% because you know the, we don't deserve anything the, the issue is why is it next year why can't it be now Give us a Christmas bonus. You lot give yourselves bonuses willy-nilly. So why can't we have a bonus? Boy. I mean, do you know what? The government, they amused me. They amused me because the other day I saw an advert for nurses. They were advertising for nurses on TV, asking <laughs> people to come and become nurses, right? So basically, you're desperate. The, that to the point you've gone to TV to advertise, you are desperate. 
Don't Matt Hancock was on was on BBC saying that we've recruited nurses. I don't know where he recruits his from, but I what know nurses? on the on on the floor we don't have enough. No. All the all of the reports say we don't have enough, but Matt Hancock apparently has recruited from somewhere. Somebody clapped for him somewhere. He brought nurses. I don't know. Yeah, you're then disrespecting the nurses you already have by not paying them what they deserve, and you wonder why the profession is going to be in deficit. You wonder why people are not coming to join. You wonder why people are put off because you don't respect us. Do you know what? Alongside what you're saying, personally, another reason I think why people don't want to come and join is because people, everyone knows a nurse. Yes. Everyone knows that regardless of what type of nurse, that nurse is tired. That nurse works extremely hard. That nurse is suffering. Mm-mm. Unless you come from a family with, for example, like generational wealth, we don't get paid what we should be. No, we don't. And like you and... always hear of these stories of nurses going to use food. Not okay. Not even just just not just nurses. Nurses and other, some other healthcare professionals going to use food banks and things like this. How is this fair? Yeah. How yeah, can we're so how vital. Can, how, how can a nurse? In 21st century Britain, Britain is supposed to be a first first world country, whatever that even means anymore. <laughs> and nurses are on the breadline, my guy. Sometimes they're on some the breadline. Some of them are less. And this is what you want to come tell me. What was it like? One of my friends shared a post with me about the best places in the world to be nurses because of the salary. You think the UK was in that list? Mate. That we want to come and suffer for this. As you can all tell, me and Diane clear, clearly believe that nurses, midwives should also have it, should have it increased just like the rest because we work very hard for w- what we do. And that's not, and I'm not discrediting other professions, but we work very hard. And this year has been one of the years that, you know, people have seen it for what, have seen it firsthand for what we do. We get or we get yeah. a collapse. I can't my, lie. My, my issue is, is we're suffering the most. No one cares. We, we, ha- we, have, we have a national health service that has been crippled by this government's spending cuts. They have chopped services, sold them and privatised them. They have reduced funding. And we have to work in those conditions. We can't complain because we have a service to deliver and a duty to our patients so if we can't speak up who speaks up for us mm-hmm. you know we have a That's right to be I'll paid be correctly exactly. we have a right exactly but it's just very frustrating that we're like broken records I, every every time this comes up you see the same arguments you see the same fury you see the same outrage but the government's like they become deaf when it's time to talk about money and nurses, it's like the two don't go together. No. It reminds me of like and a meme. Like, you know, you get them memes about, oh, was it last year when Bird Box, whenever that film Bird Box came out on Netflix, you know, when people were pretending they couldn't see things. Mm. Yeah, when, they, when the NHS are screaming, we need a pay rise, they can't see it. When there's a yeah. global pandemic and, you know, places are busy, you can see us then. Say it again. <laughs> So Rishi, you need to make it make sense, big time. And when you when you re- when you decide how much our in- our 
Oh man, my mind's gone blank. Our increase, our pay rise. Yeah. That's the word. Our pay rise. What the percentage is going to be? Come talk to me. Because yeah. this one percent here, this two percent there. I'm sorry, you're not taking one or two percent. You're going up by like twenty percent for yourself. So where where is that for the rest of us? Yeah. Who are truly working hard on the ground? I'm telling you, it's it's not adding up. It's not adding up. You you can you can fill your pocket and you can fill your account freely, but we are still looking at the same pay that we were getting last year and the year this before. Year. All of it. And we've like, got harder than you have, mate. Like, have you ever looked at the NHS pay scheme? How can you be on the first point of a band for like two to three years? No crazy, increase. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> but wow, that is that is the society that we live in. And again, I mean, we're not a political podcast, so we don't want to come off like that. But if there's one thing I can say to everybody, especially if you are a nurse is when it comes time to choosing who governs your country, no matter what country you are in, look at, look at how, team. yeah, look at, what that con- look at what that government who are trying to come in, what they do for health and what they do for you as a professional. Mm-hmm. If, if, if it's going to affect anything, look at those two things. Honestly. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> I just feel like we've gone into a lull but no these are the things that we need to talk about and express because these are the, these are the same conversations you're having in your nursing groups your home groups your friends your partners whoever they need to be expressed and spoken about for more people to hear because mm. if it stays just between us who's going to hear us who's going to who's also going to fight for us if it's not just us definitely and it's important these are the conversations that spark up conversation. These are the mm-hmm. things where you can find out people's real points of view. Yeah. And they're the conversation that, that can sometimes be uncomfortable, but they're the ones that have to be had the most. Exactly. So speak up, guys. Speak up to whoever's going to hear you. And the ones that don't hear you, speak up to them also, because eventually they will hear you and they will have to listen. Amen. But I think, guys, that's all we've got time for this week. Yes. So, as always, guys, we hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. Again, keep sending us your feedback. Again, I'm going to do it. Like, share, and subscribe. And hit us up. Yes. Keep an eye out, guys. For sure. And for our Instagram page, it's at the Nursing Hanover Podcast. And for us personally, for Diane, it's DD Lutz with a Z at the end. And mm-hmm. for me, it's Jellybean with three L's and two A's because Geraldine rhymes with Ger- Jellybean. Um, and yeah, we'll hear, we'll miss, we'll see you guys. Well, you'll hear us again next week. Indeed. Stay safe, guys. Stay safe. Take care, and we'll be back with you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.